Tambellini. He'll shoot, save there, and the rebound comes to Hunwick. Six ends remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. This is War to Extermination. Fight cell by cell through bodies and mind screams of the earth. Souls rotten from the orgasm drug. Flesh shuddering from the ovens. Prisoners of the earth come out. Storm the studio. Burnt metal smell of interplanetary war in the raw noon streets. Swept by screaming glass blizzards of enemy flak. Shipped linguals, free doorways, cut word lines, photo falling, word falling, breakthrough in gray room, towers, open fire. Citizen, you are listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. Guilt, blast, pound, stab, strap, kill. Pilot K-9, you are cut off. Back. Return to base immediately. Ride music beam back to base. Stay out of that time, Flack. All pilots, ride pan pipes back to base. Well, back to base. <clears throat> you are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. <clears throat> Momentarily, I think he's probably having some problems parking I suspect there may be a parking hangover from the surprise appearance of President Barack Obama here today in Ann Arbor. As part of the <clears throat> last week of campaigning where you have the ground game in action, Hillary Clinton's ground game looks pretty good in a lot of states, but this is probably going to be a close election nonetheless. Trump's path to victory is... Uh, Improbable at this point, but not impossible. And we'll see what happens. Obviously, the t James Comey uh, letter from 10 days ago uh, played a big role, I think, in preventing Hillary Clinton from having a decisive victory. But we shall see. Uh, obviously, toss-up states... Are, remain the same. Florida, Iowa, Ohio, North Carolina, Arizona, Nevada, New Hampshire. Uh, there's been some discussion about Michigan in the last uh, week. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. Uh, just some quick political science history on Michigan. Yes, Obama did uh, not win Michigan uh, by the margin that he won in 2008. But 2008 was a different kind of election. And let's remember that Mitt Romney had heavy Michigan roots within the established Republican Party. So he, of course, would do much better than John McCain. But let's also remember, despite all of the media's focus on race, demographics, history, the first African-American president and all that, the real problem for McCain in 2008 was he just wasn't up for the job. We had a financial crisis. John McCain had zero ideas about what to do. And our economy had entered a recession in 2007. Housing bubble, 
created a financial crisis. There was an explosion in commodity prices in the summer of 2008 that contributed to the downturn in the uh, overall economy. We had a thing called the Great Recession. Thereafter, the bank bailout, all of these events were happening before people actually voted in November of 2008. So 2008 was a fluke for a lot of different reasons. If you want to look at the Michigan statistics, look at what the John Kerry uh, numbers are from 2004 and compare them to the 2012 Mitt Romney, Barack Obama election. They are more revealing. And, of course, the key county in the state of Michigan is Oakland County. Um, Oakland County, Kent County, and Kalamazoo County. Kalamazoo is called a uh, indicator. It almost always predicts the winner. But uh, because Kent County, which is where Grand Rapids is, and Oakland County, which is basically north of Detroit, this is where the white suburban woman is the key constituent. Hispanics are not key here. And unfortunately, this election is going to be about demographics. Demographics is destiny for the future of American politics, regardless of what anybody tells you. Donald Trump has uh, created a movement, he calls it, um, that is based, unfortunately, on a lot of misinformation. And let's face it, it's white rage in many, many states. Well, and this, of course, remains to be seen uh, what the fallout for the Republican Party is, uh, regardless of what happens in the uh, Senate and House races here on this election tomorrow. But uh, with the sounds and the events and activities occurring at uh, the various Trump rallies across this great land of ours uh, have been disturbing and frightening. And you almost have to say, gee, I guess the hoods are off in today's Republican Party, or at least this version of the party. And, of course, all those who are traditionally uh, or by family history or whatever Republican, that's going to be an interesting number to see is how many didn't vote or voted for Hillary at the top and, you know, for Republicans further down the ballot. Yeah, and I'm a little skeptical of some of the reports about early voting. It's quite clear, though, that Hillary Clinton has uh, mobilized very heavy Hispanic turnout in many states. And perhaps some of the most interesting statistics about uh, Trump's ultimate problem, because I do think Hillary Clinton is going to hang on and win, I think it's a question of what the margin is going to be. What's quite clear is there's not going to be a Trump blowout. Uh, There still could be a Hillary blowout, but a number of factors make that unlikely, in my opinion. I'm just hoping for a spanking. (laughs) That's the phrase I'm going to use for what I personally, and that's my personal opinion. Whitey on the moon. Yeah, that's where Trump is trying to get himself. Hopefully he gets banished to Siberia where Boris the Spire can give him a spanking. Oh, wait, that's Putin, not Boris the Spider. But I bet they have mean spiders up in Siberia. I'm sure Trump has big plans for his spare time uh, once this is all blown over. But 
again, the tattered, deflated balloon of the Republican Party is a big question mark. Well, they, it is a question mark. It's It's been in a quandary. I thought it was interesting that John Kasich, who, of course, was one of uh, Trump's main rivals in the primary, his problem, by the way, in, in running for president was he got in the race too late. Had he been an early announcer, I think he probably would have won the nomination ultimately. But uh, they put uh, their money low on charisma, Kasich. Yeah, but he was he was effective in the debates, actually challenging Trump early. Uh, his problem was money, hmm. and his his mistake, as it turns out in retrospect, was that the early money went to Scott Walker, which was Does anybody Koch brothers' mistake. Yes. That was the. That was the horse they wanted to ride. That was the horse. Turned out that horse wasn't really all that smart. Well, yeah, and he, they pointed out he would have been the first president in American history not to have graduated from college. We're talking about 19th century gentlemen with lamb chops and stuff. Of course, if you go back and you look at the history of the uh, 19th century, which I do believe may be a more important requirement these days, um, to quite to to understand, for instance, the the immigration uh, conundrum. Uh, let's remember that it was the American people that invaded Mexico. We were the ones that started settling in Mexico. We annexed Texas. We started the Mexican-American War. We started the Spanish-American War. Go look at the statistics on immigration into the United States throughout the 20th century. Most of the people that have immigrated here have come from the very territories that the United States decided it wanted to annex as part of Manifest Destiny. Or territories. Or imperialism. Exactly, to which it had granted the military dictatorships uh, unfettered power to abuse and harass its own citizens. El Salvador comes to mind. And let's remember that, for instance, Cuba. There's an exemption in the immigration law that allows a mm -hmm. Cuban... Um, who wants to d deal with the challenging Florida Straits in a lifeboat or a raft, a handmade raft, all they need to do is get on dry land, and they're allowed uh, into the United States, no questions asked. That's still part of our immigration law. There's been no discussion about the complexity of the immigration problem. If you want to deport 11 million Mexican-Americans... Give Texas back to the to Mexico. <laughs> what about the Gasden Treaty and uh, some of the other California? I mean, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico. New Mexico. They were all part of Mexico at one point. Well, that's why I used to laugh the at the border was moved. These people were in right. the quote United States before many it, of those before it was the United States. But well, before before many. Caucasians that live in the north. Right. You know, the German and Italian immigration patterns are well documented historically how these things worked. Eastern Europeans came into the United States, Russians in the 1920s, 1910. There was a massive flow of Irish uh, immigrants uh, during the 1840s and 50s. Uh, go back and look up the history of the wars with Mexico. Uh, the Alamo, 1836. Remember the Alamo. Yes, remember it. The United States annexed Texas around that time, and Polk, James Polk, 
interestingly, actually invaded uh, parts of to 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 get rid of Mexicans that were living mm-hmm. across the border. We'll leave that subject for another time, but uh, this is what's interesting about some of the newly registered voters, um, the new voters. This is where Hillary Clinton's ground game is, is working. It's working in states like North Carolina, Nevada, and Florida. It can't work in a state like Iowa. Iowa is a white state. Trump is going to win Iowa, probably, narrowly. Iowa is a toss-up state. It voted for George W. Bush in 2004. Now, it has voted Democrat in a number of elections since 1988, but it's narrow. And Iowa is not a state where people are moving to. People are moving out of Iowa. The states where there's movement of people are North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, If Hillary Clinton made one mistake in the campaign, in my opinion, she didn't campaign aggressively enough in Georgia and Texas. But she's been going to Arizona off and on. Tim Kaine gave a speech speech entirely in Spanish this past week uh, in Arizona. So this has been part of the ground game focus. Um, It's just that there aren't enough states that are actually in play. But you can predict and see why Ohio is in play and more uh, a state that Trump is more likely to win than Michigan because it has less African-Americans, less Hispanics, and it's whiter. Let's be, let's be blunt about this. But on the other hand, let's not be confused about the white vote. It's quite clear that Donald Trump, has massively lost the support of college-educated Republican women. So the ultimate demographics within the United States are going to be the suburbs. The suburbs of uh, Tampa, Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Cleveland, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati. I wouldn't count on many Republican women in Cincinnati, college-educated or not, to vote for Hillary. But uh, Columbus and uh, Cleveland are areas where uh, she can make some gains, and she may yet win Ohio. We're going to have a pretty good idea by 11 o'clock about what's going to happen. If Hillary Clinton wins New Hampshire and Pennsylvania, Trump is uh, probably in trouble because he simply cannot pick off enough blue states. The early voting in Nevada appears to be delivering Nevada to Hillary Clinton. Nevada, who would have thought that Nevada may determine this uh, election? The best outcome would be a marginally decisive Hillary Clinton victory with Donald Trump losing Utah, losing Utah. Not necessarily even to Hillary Clinton. It would be great to see a third party at... uh, a wild card in the race, uh, Evan McMullen. Because the Mormon... You think he would have a chance there? He does. He has a chance. And if Hillary were this Machiavellian candidate, she would publicly tell all Democrats in Utah, vote for Evan McMullen. I'm willing to give up my votes. Just make sure Trump doesn't carry this state. That could cost him the election. Hmm. Who would have thought that the one 
electoral vote in Nebraska could matter. It might. I looked it up. Barack Obama won one of the electoral college votes in Nebraska. Where? Around Omaha. Warren Buffett. Donald Trump challenged Warren Buffett and claimed Warren Buffett took some tax deductions that uh, Donald Trump uh, claimed he did. Warren Buffett got a little angry about that and within two days had a big press conference and said, no, here are my tax returns. I took no such tax deduction. You, sir, are a liar. And, of course, Trump has been lying for 10 days about the email brouhaha that uh, turned out to be a FBI scandal is what this is. Well, among other things, um, you mentioned a little bit last week about the uh, investigation might want to begin with the Republican members of Congress who made the letter, which was not distributed to the public initially, a story. And uh, in retrospect, they showed clips on the, the TV of Rudy Giuliani on Fox uh, the previous weekend before that story broke. Uh, just not able to contain his <laughs> giggliness, uh, the proverbial cat that ate the cream. Oh, we've got, there's still some secrets up our sleeves, you know. Well, well, yeah, no, 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 you just wait. I can't tell you. It's going to be good, though. So he knew already that that was going to be a thing that was going to happen, that announcement, that those emails in the Wienergate uh, matter mm -hmm. were going to be flung at Hillary's feet. Uh, and, of course, they've they've already looked at the 650,000. I thought it was interesting that Donald Trump then attacked the FBI last night. I don't know how many people After such that. Uh, but luxurious he had praise he had yeah. for them uh, last night. Oh, it took a lot of courage for Comey to reverse his previous decision and he, re reinvestigate this matter. Yeah, he had he had to stick with the, the, the his story no matter what the facts were, and that's been one of Donald Trump's problems. Of course, one of the secret emails that was revealed, this is, this is what we're talking about here. Um, this is, this is the, the kind of fine print that you got to actually read to actually discover what this big scandal is about, because it's about nothing. It says, the chain of emails released Friday, this is from last Friday, um, began with an email dated... Uh, December 19th, 2009, with the subject line, Update, from Michael Froman, then Deputy for Economic Affairs at the NSC. It was not marked classified at the time. It was sent on a the government's unclassified computer network. Like information in more than 2,000 other emails that have been made public, two of the notes in the chain were upgraded. Um, by the State Department to classified. Now, the the substance of this email, by the way, was about climate talks going on in Copenhagen. Um, I'm sure that there's some bozo in the uh, State Department that decided that America can't reveal that it that there are these big elements of the oil industry that deny climate change. Donald Trump has even gone around the whole campaign claiming that it's a hoax, that the Chinese are behind it, that it's a Chinese conspiracy, a Chinese cooking conspiracy, perhaps. Who knows what he's talking about? The Chinese have moved on. They're 
they've they're they've got more they're producing more renewable energy than we are now. Oh, and by the way, there was another interesting fact revealed last week. Uh, and of course, what was interesting about today's impact of the Comey letter was that the stock market recovered all of its losses over the last nine days. Fascinating. Wall yeah. Street got a little nervous. Everything was kind of going down. Saturday's New York Times that has the unemployment uh, numbers out from uh, the month of October that Trump labeled as phony. That doesn't rhyme with Comey, by the way. Phony is a different word. But the last time the S&P, which fell for nine straight days, fell, this is the S&P 500. It's a broad gauge of stocks in America. For nine straight days was in December of 1980, nearly 36 years ago. I'm kind of curious why the stock market was going down before Ronald Reagan was about to be inaugurated. Remember, he had won that election quite decisively. That's the last time this happened. Well, today, all of the stock market recovered all of its gains. And, of course, I have some stock information here that's kind of interesting, showing that the stock market was pretty much going sideways for the last four months. It means it's going, it's neither going up or down. Stable, plateau. It's just zigzagging here and there. Yeah. Not a lot of volatility. But uh, today, the Dow Jones Industrial went up 370 points. The S&P went up uh, uh, 2%. In other words, it recovered all of the losses that have occurred over the last nine days. Why? Because it now appears that Hillary is going to hang on and that white America's uh, 401ks may not be in jeopardy. The irony of electing Donald Trump is he's the one that's going to make white America poorer. He doesn't have any well, economic ideas. That's just it, is it's this constituency who are misinformed and they're angry and only their anger is appealed to. There's no effort to made to educate and explain, you know, hey, it's not Mexicans who stole your job. It's computer chips. They only need three guys to do what, you know, 16 used to do. Uh there need to be better uh, training programs. Uh, that's where these, this angry constituency comes from. Is uh, it's just a repeated cycle of ignorance. Yeah, and Trump, of course, a couple of weeks ago was in Toledo, Ohio. I found this whole event amusing. It was held at one of these uh, arenas or maybe an airport hangar. He has a lot of these events at airport hangars, so he can fly in and then fly right out. Um, one other breaking story from last week, Trump International Hotel in Toronto filed for bankruptcy. Hmm. Gee, the Trump name might be uh, in, in a little bit of jeopardy here. I don't think Trump's going to be finding these limited liability corporation partnerships that he's been exploiting for the last 40 years quite, uh, quite as numerous in the upcoming future. Uh, of course, there was uh, Bridgegate. A couple of Chris Christie aides have been convicted. Uh, he's obviously been told to go home and start eating cookies. Brett Baer of Fox News is, is eating crow. He made a report on Fox News last week claiming that Hillary Clinton was about to be indicted. They haven't even opened an investigation. There isn't even a grand jury. So when you have these splashy headlines and social media and people don't know the difference between a grand jury and the grand poobah of Trump Towers... 
the man with the poofy hairstyle. Uh, you know, we're in we're in, we're in a country that's grappling with with problems. But in Toledo, Ohio, just to get back to that, Donald Trump mispronounced the corporation that had moved jobs to Mexico. Turned out they made pencils. Donald Trump is going to bring back pencil-making production to the United States of America. Pencil futures have never been brighter in today's America. Donald, I bought some pencils about... I still use pencils, by the way. You got to use them sometimes. I, I still, Not very often. I still love doing math sometimes with pencils. I don't know what it is. It's how I was doing the problems and. Junior high and high school, those physics problems where you're moving decimal points yeah, around. A lot of people got to have one for their crossword puzzle. It's good to have an eraser. And I bought a pack of pencils for a buck. Ten of them, by golly. And I've gone through one. <laughs> I'm halfway down pencil number two. It is a number two pencil, by the way. but I, And I have one of those old-fashioned hand you know, you got to get one of those wall mount with the the crank. Yeah, on. you know, I, I don't have one the of the one of the really electric style. Pencils. You don't need an electric one, hand powered. It's... I have one of those little tiny ones that you used when you were a kid, the good ones, the the little yeah, you'll twirl it in the little thing. Yeah, yeah. and and of course this is a cheap plastic thing that I probably uh, was produced in China by God, or it may be so old that it came from Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, I can still sharpen pencils by hand. I don't know if my cell phone is going to have an app to do that in the future, but man, am I fretting about that. But when Donald Trump is telling Americans that he's going to bring pencil production back to the United States to bring back American jobs, I remain a little skeptical, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, some of his arguments are just, it, it, when you unmask them, when you look at the facts, you're just left aghast that this is allowed to continue, that these lies are allowed to continue. Well, it's all he's had. He hasn't talked about an actual plan or an agenda that he would put forward in a specific manner in months. And even that was under duress and sort of sketchy. Um, it's almost a refusal to talk about anything of substance except for, boy, this is a great event. Uh, Boy, she's stupid. We should lock her up. He just—he's just pumping the crowd, and they're pumping him. Yeah, that's, that's all that gets talked about. And how interesting that they actually have have been making ads that they count on Trump watching on television that then appear in his speeches the next day. The Clinton campaign—I I found that remarkable that they had gotten Donald Trump down to such a science. They could predict that an ad that they would make, an opposition ad. And by the way, Hillary in the last week has been running a, a, as positive a campaign as you can. Oh. She's trying to project that optimistic image that candidates are advised to do. Uh, Trump, on the other hand, is still talking about dystopia. Um, the American country has problems, no question about it. But they're solvable if... People would get down and roll up their sleeves and, by golly, start using pencils again. <laughs> well, there was some talk yesterday uh, on the various chat shows because the, the, the TV news have, you know, the, it just it, the grind that this has been. Oh, yeah. Is, it's hallucinatory. It it's is. It's really what it is because it's been relentless 
for months and months and months and months now. And, you know, there's going to be a two-year cycle again in just a couple of years. Well, the but, thing that's terrible, of course, is that the election will start right back exactly. up Exactly. It's going to start day. right up again. So, But yesterday it was interesting, <laughs> just as a quick sort of a note, uh, Jerry, Jerry Max here in Yazoo City Calling will be coming up at the top of the hour shortly. Um, but uh, I did want to mention this brief little uh, discussion that was being debated by the uh, talking heads on the television about celebrity endorsements. And uh, the Democrats are pulling out the stops, and like the conventions, the relative entertainment menu on offer showed that, you know, okay, well, the Democrats uh, have a lot more friends in the arts community yeah. than the Republicans, and I wonder why that is, but I'm sure most people can draw their own conclusion about that. But uh, most of the experts on this panel on uh, CNN were of the opinion that, well, you know, celebrity endorsements don't really matter that much. And it really it, it takes away from the actual message that the candidate wants to convey. But, you know, as I've just said, Trump doesn't really have a message to convey. Hillary has already conveyed her uh, message. The messages uh, are repeatedly we're done with them. We know what these guys represent. I got to say that a, a Beyonce endorsement is actually worth some considerable value well, it is. at the late stage of the game. And a Ted Nugent celebrity endorsement, maybe not so much. No. <laughs> and especially when you get Ted up on stage and he's looking like a, a, a Michigan militia guy. And, you know, I, God love Ted. He's a hunter. And I got friends who are hunters. And I, I got no problem with hunters and hunting. Ted Nugent is not really uh, a spokesman with wide appeal in the celebrity circles. And uh, let's face it, in Michigan rock circles, he's a well-known jerk, to be quite blunt about it. But uh, Well, he lives in Texas now anyway. <laughs> it's kind but, of strange. You know, uh, Beyonce is a superstar. To LeBron James. Who, LeBron James, that's, yeah. another, that's a major endorsement. You can't tell me that that's not of some value. No, it, it is of some value because it, it it's a reminder. And who cares if Hillary Clinton does not is not getting the African American support that Barack Obama did in twenty twelve? Why would she? Um, but she's probably going to get a bigger uh, flow of say older women uh, who suffered uh, from this blatant discrimination that's been going on in our society for decades. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she really is. And. People just wanted my to, mom's generation. Yeah, just wanted to remind you, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. I'm always reminded of that funny uh, anecdote that I concocted many, many years ago about the, the hidden women's, older women's vote. I call it the Archie Bunker. Hmm. Hey, Archie, they're on the phone. Edith. They, Edith, it's the Edith Bunker. <coughs> it's Archie and Edith. Uh, yeah. And so it's Edith, they're on the phone, they want to know who we're voting for. What do you mean, you dingbat? We're two votes for Nixon. And then Edith speaks into the phone receiver and says, one vote for Nixon, one vote for McGovern. <laughs> Click. Click, and Archie can't see it or hear it because he's sitting, his big he's lard ass. the TV going. Sitting in the couch, in his chair. Yeah. It's always the chair, man. And, of course, the reason that that show was so brilliant was that it showed uh, this white, blue-collar persona in on TV. This is not—Trump is, is tapped into something that's mm -hmm. been going on in America for decades. Yeah. The George Wallace 
uh, had this element. Uh, Richard Nixon used the Southern strategy. Let's remember that Ronald Reagan, when he uh, started his 1980 campaign,